Hey, Adam. Hey, Riley. I just heard the craziest thing. Oh, what was that? I heard that every time a bell rings, two white guys start a podcast. Whoa, did you hear that? I think I just heard a bell. Are these microphones? Yeah, I do have a microphone in front of my face. Is this an ill-conceived fedora slash cardigan combo? Absolutely. Do I have an inflated sense of self-worth? Yeah. Guess we're starting a podcast. Let's do it. What should we call it? How about... Oh, personalities. Can we vote on it? All right. I vote no. What about artist to artist with Riley? Can we vote on it? I guess. I vote no. Oh. Mm. Oh, uh, 11 months in the make. I love the name, but it sounds like we're giving horse birth tips. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. How about Stonehall Sessions? I guess that's going to have to do. What should we do on the podcast? What if we brought on some musicians and we had a couple of beers together and we got to talk to them more about their music and ask them to play a live song for us or two? I love it. Who should we start with? Do you know Merganzer? <gasps> Her album Mirror Maze really freaked the shit out of me. It was spooky, but in a good way, like being in the dark. All right, let's bring her on. Let's do it. Let's get to know Mika Posen. So, uh, Mika, you release music as Merganzer, yes, uh, which is fantastic, and you have a album out uh, released in November, yeah, called uh, Mirror Maze, and That's it is right. fantastic. It is atmospheric. Uh, it's just, it's just lovely. And uh, what I want to ask you, starting off, is so many artists these days, uh, you know, they open up a digital audio workstation, their Cubase, their uh, logic, their reason or whatever, and they work for, you know, hours and hours and hours, and they look back on what they've done, and it's accidentally a cover of Hotline Bling. Um, <laughs> how do you, how do you start off projects so that that doesn't happen to you? Like what, what, when you first start creating a track, because you're, uh, the music that you do is very layered. It's very, uh, the textures on, on it are fantastic. What, how do you start a track? Hmm. Ah, uh, well, I don't know. It depends on the track. I think I approach them all really differently. Um, some, a lot of the songs I actually started on piano, on solo piano. I was living in an apartment in Berlin that had a, a little piano. And that's, yeah, that's sort of how I started building some of them. And then others, I just, some of them were just sound experiments that I made collages of and then built into something bigger. So yeah, it really depended. Um, some of them had no intention of being anything at all. And then it turned into little improvisations that became little pieces. So yeah, I'm not yeah. really sure. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> I guess nice. having no intention or <laughs> little intention kind of helps. Uh, and so mirror maze, uh, full album, um, very much about, and we spoke about this earlier, uh, it seems to be people who are in transition. It, uh, it it always seems to be people who are moving from one place to a second place in their life uh, or from life to death. That's how I read into it. It's very much like Casper the Friendly Ghost. In some respects, uh, still Christina Ricci's uh, best role to date. And um, <laughs> what... Uh, <laughs> what... <laughs> Uh, was there anything going on while you're making the album that sort of uh, influenced that at all? I would say so. Yeah, definitely. 
Casper the Friendly Ghost being one, obviously. Yes, yeah. I, I went to Berlin. I met Casper. We became friends and then nice. we, made, we made music together. <laughs> but I actually... That's incredible. <laughs> I, um, I made most of that music while I was living overseas. Um, and I moved... I moved to Berlin after living in Toronto for about seven years. So it was a huge life change. And wow. I was working with new people and um, I didn't really know if I was going to stay there or not. And so I was questioning what I was going to do with my life. While I was there, I turned 30. Um, a lot of things were happening. So, Is yeah. Berlin one of the better places to turn 30 in? Um, I would say so. Actually, I was on the road when I turned 30. I was in Warsaw oh, my 30th ooh. birthday, it's which Warsaw is actually a good amazing. Place to turn 30 <laughs> well, when you're on tour, it doesn't matter where you are. It's usually the tour bus that you turn, the, you point, have your birthday point. on, so <laughs> or the backstage. But yeah, so it was it was a huge period of transition at well, that time. Yeah, so it definitely comes across, I guess. Yeah. Uh, where were the lyrics written over this time, or where were were they done afterwards? After you got the pianos done, or what was? Uh, most of them, most of the lyrics come after the music. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them. There's one or two that I wrote actually in Toronto before I left, but most of them were done there um, and this in is Europe. 2013, 2014, 2015. It was the... all 2013. 2013. Or yeah. a little bit of 2014 also. Okay. Yeah. And then. Uh... But released in 2015. Yeah. What uh, What happened in between? What, what What? How did you get? How did you go from incubation to uh, what, what What were the first steps? What What, what is Megatron? That's something I heard about. <laughs> how How are you layering these synths? How are you not synths, but mostly violin? It's all violin. Yeah, mostly violin. Well, uh, Megatron is. I guess it's like a series of samples that I built. Um, I had the idea a couple of years ago when I was still living in Toronto, I was doing a lot of string arrangements for people and it was really, really time consuming. And I thought, and I really didn't like the sound of a lot of the sample, the violin samples and midis. Yeah. So I, I thought I would try to sample myself and then use that to make demos and just get ideas. And so um, I sampled myself playing 30 different notes on the violin and put it into a keyboard. And then it sounded horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. This will be part of the demonstration. Oh, nice. But yeah, it sounds wait. horrible. And so I was trying to make it sound better. And I put it through all these different pedals. And then I got all these really weird sounds that I wasn't expecting. Things that sounded like organs. And then I thought it would be fun to just try to like build music with that. So that's what I did. And then... Um, so that was the the Mikatron, essentially, is this collection of samples of myself. Some of them are dry and some of them are processed. Um, now, is that your way of taking down Frippertronics by Robert <laughs> Fripp? Is that, is, are, are these shots fired from it's Merganser kinda... to, uh, oh, fuck, what's that band name? Uh, 21st Century Schizoid Man, uh, never mind. Joke has passed. Um, no, it's my way of taking down the Mellotron, actually. <laughs> this is me taking on Mellotrons. Yeah. That's for real, too. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, some of it actually does have a very uh, Mellotron sort of feel to it. It's got like yeah. that weird warmth. I guess it was pretty tube driven, but it's got like that weird warmth, but also just sort of, it feels like it's just cycling through the same little bit of note, which is uh, yeah. how the Mellotron worked back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and how all the emulation still work to this day yeah so uh almost everything on the album besides your voice besides obviously some piano uh there's some drums in there but although mm-hmm. i think when i'm listening to it 
it sounds like some of it sounds like you hitting part of the part of the violin yeah. or because uh, to give it a very foreboding sort of uh, movement to some of these pieces so it's all it's all violin it's all you it's all violin it well there are some drums originally the idea was for it to all be violin all of the percussion too all right. and so there are a lot of songs do have beats that i made just by hitting the violin and then putting it through like an octave with some reverb to make oh, it yeah. sound like a bass drum or um and i did that for a lot of songs and then there were some that just weren't working <laughs> and i decided eventually that the product was more important than the process. So I ended up asking a few drummers to actually play real drums. And I did some percussion myself also with real percussion instruments. But so it's kind of half and half, half real drums and half violent beats in the end. Yeah. And how do you, how are you recording all this? Is it all, is it all you alone in studio or like all like a home studio or is it, are you out in the world? Are you booking studio time? Um, I did it in a lot of different places, um, mostly myself. Um, I recorded everything myself except for the drums. I didn't know how to do that. So um, I had different drummers did it and sent it to me, <laughs> basically. And um, But yeah, everything else, some of it I recorded in my flat in Berlin. Um, some of it I also recorded at a studio, friend of a friend's studio in England, um, where I had access to a lot of really nice moog instruments oh. um which was a real treat and then some of it i recorded back in ottawa when oh, i came yeah. back so yeah that's where i finished it off where did you record here in ottawa uh any particular studios where, or no in my home can we get that address um, for the podcast <laughs> but also like, some of it was recorded like the drums a few of the drum tracks were recorded at little bullhorn little bullhorn yeah nice. which was where it was mixed also cool so nice. yeah a lot of the lyrics on this album uh i i really like it um again it does to me i don't know if you were thinking this but it does sound like someone's transition into death and then maybe coming back and something like that because a lot of the oops a lot of the song names are very very provocative and like was there anything specific that was happening you've got uh mirror maze up in smoke which is just somebody died songs without words the chorus to hell like i'm reading deep into this i'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist for merganser other voices Take us behind the veil of your songwriting process a little bit. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it came from uh, being in Berlin and really thinking. I was really interested in the history of the city and in European history in general while I was there. And I really felt like that city had so many ghosts in it and it had gone through so many distinct periods in the yeah. last 100 years. And I just I was fascinated by that. And you know, th- I thought about Berlin a hundred years before I'd been there and it was a completely different population, you know, a population that was completely expelled or killed off. Yeah. And um, so I thought about that a lot while I was there. And um, also the, the divided Berlin. Um, I was living in a part that was uh, in the old East and I worked and was friends with a lot of people who had grown up in the East, East German part. Oh, wow. And who were, you know, like one of my friends was 12 when the wall came down. So they really remembered it. And and I I asked them a lot of questions and, and I thought about that a lot and I would walk on the streets and I'd look at the old people and I'd think, you know, like, where were they during the war or like where were they during the cold war yeah. you know and so 
that's that's what a lot of those songs are about these wow. sort of lost cultures partly lost cultures like different ways of life life and like the ghosts of the city that are just sort of wandering around the no. ca- caspers of berlin <laughs> the friendly ghosts the not so friendly ghosts the just the the spirits that just sort of float around because you really do welcome people into like i don't i don't think i'm uh offending you when i say like there is the first instrumental track uh H-Y-G-G-E, uh, which in German sounds quite beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> sorry, so, continue. <laughs> I, I can explain it if you want, but continue with your question. Uh, like you, you sort of, uh, you've got this atmosphere, you've got uh, you've got drones that go throughout the album, you've got, like it always, it almost seems like it'd slip into one piece. Is it all sort of centered around Berlin? Is that? Yeah, I guess a lot of it's Berlin. Some of it's, it's Europe in general, I guess being in the old world. And that first song actually... I can't even pronounce it. It's Danish. Oh. And uh, there's a lot of things I can't pronounce in Danish. <laughs> like, <laughs> you and me I both. think it's that. Hugi? 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 Basically, in Danish, you don't pronounce any consonants. So it'd be like, Hugi? Um, but it's um, a Danish word for. There's actually no translation for it. Um, it means, I think the closest word for it in English would be comfy. It means that you're in an environment that's really where there's no nothing annoying, nothing like stressful. You're just feeling like happy and comfortable. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I was really I worked when I was living over there. I worked with a lot of Danish people. So I learned a lot of words like this and I was working with German people and Belgians. And um, one thing that really interested me is these words that don't have a translation in other languages mm-hmm. and you know, all we can have really is an impression of them in English. So that was just something that really interested me. And I wanted to to put that into this album. And the 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 song with the German title as well, Gans Großes Kino, that's a German expression. Yeah. I wasn't even going to attempt to try and... Uh, <laughs> come on, right? <laughs> what does the expression mean? Uh, literally, it means very big cinema. Very kino big cinema. Kino is, is cinema or like, that's okay. what all the movie theaters are called is Kino. Um, but it basically means something that's really amazing, like overwhelmingly amazing and impressive. So I just, I just thought it was such a beautiful phrase and something nice. that's also not translated. It is so, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know. I just, uh, I also found it really interesting, like working with people who speak different languages, because a lot of the time, just in conversation, like they'll use words I would never use in English to describe something. And sometimes it's way more beautiful because they're literally translating how they would say it in their language. And oh, yeah. anyways, this is, these were all things that I was thinking about. So I wanted to sort of include some untranslatable words in, in this record. And there are a few tracks where either I just can't make out the lyrics as I'm a bit of a dullard or uh, that they are in different languages. Have you included choruses or? Uh, There's or one. One is in French. Okay. That, yeah, but I think that's all. <laughs> and, uh, I had yeah. to take remedial French in university to get uh, <laughs> my degree, so nah, I'm not super good on that. Uh, what, what was that song about? Um, it was about. It was about potential. About um. Yeah, I guess the words are. They're really silly words. Like, I speak French, but I don't think I could actually write, you know, very eloquent French poetry. So the words are a little simple. It's des chevaux courant, mes cheveux au vent. So horses are running, my hair is in the wind, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. It was like that, that song kind of came about at the beginning 
of um, a new year and when I felt like there was so much potential in, in life and was, was feeling very free and was sort of trying to embrace that that feeling and take advantage of it. Nice. Yeah. Um, looking back uh, on these songs that were written. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Uh, looking back on these songs <laughs> that were written, you know, during a time transition now, you're in Ottawa. Nobody ever escapes Ottawa. You're here for life. Um, Aren't we all? Do you? <laughs> uh, unless your business burns down. Uh, are you? Oh. <laughs> oh. Daily ground. Uh, <laughs> Someone um, had to say it. <laughs> um, do you look back on these and think, uh, on these tracks and think, uh, you know, this is sort of me in a place and a time? Or do you look back and think, uh, like me when I got into emo in like 2003, <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible mistake and I shouldn't have cursed out my mom so much. I was like 97 emo over here. <laughs> um, I can't say I was ever really into emo, but <laughs> unfortunately I was into really uncool stuff probably. Perfect. <laughs> Classical music. Okay. Being a violin player. But yeah, I think it is, it's definitely a snapshot of a time. Yeah. That was the question. Yeah. 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 And I think. Did you like, say Snapshot or Snapchat? Snapshot. Oh. Never done Snapchat. <laughs> Behind the times. Yeah. <laughs> You're but not this, much. this was, this was a snapshot. Yeah. Definitely yeah. of a time. And I don't know. There are a lot of things I wanted to fix. There are a lot of things I really wanted to do again. But I was just like, I think I just have to get it done and get it out. Yeah. Because <laughs> that time is you know, is so behind me now that it's going to seem really dated if I wait any longer. So, <laughs> Or just I won't care anymore. Mm. Uh, so, Mika, what are you about to show us on the uh, on the keyboard? Um, well, I'm going to show you how I made those sounds, how I went from dry violin samples to weirdo warbly organ. Awesome. Sounds. So, OK, so this is these are my samples of myself playing and. You'll see why I said before it sounds really bad. So that's it. So it sounds like something you could boot up into contact. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds it sounds really electronic, even though it's real. Yeah. So, anyways, I hated the way it sounded, so I decided to first I tried adding like octaves underneath it with an octave pedal. Ooh. Which sounded really cool. That's nice. But it didn't sound that great, so I took out the dry signal. And then I was left <laughs> with this kind of thing. And then I just added reverb to it, so I smoothed it out a little bit. And uh, yeah, and that's how. That was the main sound that I used on a lot of the record. Um, these sort of low organy sounds. Oh, they sound great. So that was the main sound I used. And then I also made some sounds taking out the dry and putting in the high octaves. It's amazing how versatile uh, those samples become as soon as you 
So is that like just one octave up? This is one octave and two octaves. Yeah, I don't hear that. It's a bit louder. Kind of sounds like flutes. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's very nice. That's mainly how I did it. And uh, again, uh, in this day and age, you could have you know. Uh, you know, vuvuzelas. You could have any any sound in the world come in and do uh, basically anything with your music. How how did you choose to narrow it all down to just just uh, you know these sounds? Like it, it, all your stuff is very stripped back. It's just the essential sounds to it. Like how 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 did that come about? How did you resist the temptation of you know hotline bling? <laughs> um, I think it's partly what I had access to because I was. I was overseas and I only had very limited resources, which were these samples and my violin and the piano in my flat. And yeah, so I tried to just do everything myself. So it was sort of, um, yeah, trying to work with the, the a palette of sounds, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm like that in life. Like I don't like to wear a lot of colors. Mm. <laughs> if I do, I just wear one color. Right. You know, and uh, the Hillary Clinton uh, way of doing things. <laughs> Yeah. Just one monochrome. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think I'm like that in music too, just to have like, have a very simple palette and just use that. Yeah. yeah. That's very nice. Uh, and so you get to this point where you've done, uh, you've got the violin. Is that when you move on to your vocals or are you doing, are you doing the percussion next? And is it, uh, what's it like? I'm sure it's probably pretty simple doing the percussion on the violin yeah i guess for those songs i did that before the vocals but i actually had a really hard time with percussion on a lot of the songs i realized like i'm as a violin player and as an instrumentalist what i know is melody and harmony and counterpoint what i don't know is rhythm (laughs) and bass i had a lot of problems (laughs) doing that too and i really i should have asked for help in hindsight i do wish i'd asked for more help with that stuff there's one thing i was going to say is that your album needs more 808s yeah just more uh you can feel that timberland is missing from this yeah yeah yeah, exactly well Uh, that'll be on the next one you've reached out that's nice yeah (laughs) can't wait to hear your music on empire um (laughs) Um, uh, when do you start reaching out to people to do extra percussion on it? Um, some of it was done in Berlin. Um, I worked with this guy named Daniel, who is a sound designer, and we did some percussion, the two of us together at his place in Berlin. And a friend of his also played drums on two of the songs. Oh, yeah. So that was done in Berlin, those two. Um, it was Voltava and Hugi, the first one, (laughs) was a, um, a drummer in Berlin. And then when I came back, I needed to put drums on some of the other songs, so I, I um, reached out to some other drummers that I'd met. Like after, after my last tour with Agnes O'Bell, I went. To, our last tour was in Australia, and after that, I went to New Zealand and I met this really amazing drummer there, and he plays drums on the last song on Tritone. And uh, oh, nice. and when I came back to Ottawa, I had um, a really amazing drummer from here play on a couple songs. Also, there were a few that still needed drums. So Pascal Delacy. All right on. Uh, he plays drums on two songs as well. Uh, when you are taking on that, when you have most of this solidified and you're asking for a percussion to come in, are you letting these people interpret 
the song for themselves or are you very like this is what needs to be done you guys have to do this you miss the third beat uh <laughs> you're out of here uh, are you are you the Phil Spector of Ottawa? Yeah, I'm I guess. a control freak. <laughs> I think I did come out as kind of a bit of a control freak, <laughs> more than I thought I was. But uh, I think they had some liberties. I well, think by that, that point, the sound of the record would have been so yeah, solidified. Yeah, that's the thing. I think like I was, I had to guide them in certain ways, but they still sort of put their own flavor into it. Like, I don't know. It was funny when I was working th- with this drummer in Berlin. Um, for the song Voltava, he actually sent me, uh, the first thing he sent me sounded like trip hop. It turned it into a complete trip hop song. It was so like Euro, Euro dance. Well, I couldn't believe it. So that's one of the things is yours. You, uh, this album doesn't sound like it, it's from a certain place or a certain time. Like I agree. It, it avoids I agree. a lot of the pitfalls of sort of like, oops, just bought a sample pack. Yes, that's my next <laughs> album. Uh <laughs> Shout out to most of the people I produce. And, um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some temptation to be like this, you know, people could groove to this, like, mm-hmm. the, but you're like, again, it's so singular in, in the way that you've done it. Like, uh, was there any temptation to just go, yeah, let's, let's be trip hop now. Let's, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, now that I'm thinking about it again, I should like put it together as a remix or something because it would be really funny (laughs) really different but i don't know i yeah it's it's one of those things that's hard to describe like it's not always intentional it's just kind of like what i was doing and what sounded good to me and um what i had access to i guess um yeah so what what i'm getting the sense from uh from the way that you're speaking is you're just a better uh you just have a better ear you're a better musician uh yeah. than anyone else here uh <laughs> and i i'm adam plays a mean harmonica so that's saying something um no we're not talking better i just wouldn't know how to use a sample pack or i probably would have probably just limited <laughs> working okay. within limitations now let's talk transitioning something uh, like mirror maze which is such a nice uh it's a it's a headphone listening experience like there's there's a lot of things done with space uh, you know the reverbs tail off in different ways and there's there's a lot of different things going on there's a lot of details that i feel like you probably only pick up when you're like you know on the bus uh hating that you have to go to work but you're listening to this and it's just sort of like it's it it's orchestrating your day in a very nice way. Like if Wes Anderson was to open up your ride to work, it would be this song, something off mirror maze underneath. Um, how do you translate that into, uh, into a live show? Well, I guess it's obviously impossible to get all those sounds unless I hired an orchestra of sound designers to play live. But, um, <laughs> the NAC is really great. <laughs> Um, but I've been working with a lot of musicians who really like to use pedals, um, which has been really, really cool. Like Pascal's been playing drums with me live and he actually has been putting pedals, uh, contact mics onto his drums and then running them through pedals. So he gets some really interesting sounds. It's really cool. He also works at Fairfield Circuitry, so he has access to all those (laughs) pedals and they're the ones that I used actually originally, um, to make a lot of those sounds. So yeah. And, um, Scott McCannell is playing bass. He built his own pedals also. So he um, has been exploring the world of sound. And um, 
yeah, so I mean, obviously you can't reproduce it, but it's not about reproducing it. It's about representing the songs in a different way. So that's just kind of how it, how it comes out. <laughs> Has the album taken on any... Have the? Because obviously, you know, I came into this with a very much pro Walt Disney 1995 Casper the Ghost uh, agenda uh, to your album. And that's just because uh, I watched it growing up. Uh, and then I listened to this album while I was watching and eating pierogies. Um, but it, other people must bring other things to this. And your uh, the people who you're playing with must bring different things to uh this music is there anything that has sort of sprung out or like are there any edges that have sort of appeared or like sort of been smoothed over or like is is there anything that you didn't initially intend on the album that now comes out on the live shows yeah i guess i mean it's funny to get asked questions about all these ghosts and spirits and everything because I don't know. I mean, there's a couple songs that maybe I intended that, but it seems like people pick up on that from the album as a whole. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to hear how people are reading into it lyrically and and sound-wise as well. Um, Because I don't think that those were necessarily the intentions, but I love those interpretations. And, um, And I guess live, playing with the band live, um... Yeah, there have been other um, other things that have come out sonically that I never would have thought of that would have been cool to put on the album too. But <laughs> um, I think that was part of the question, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it was like a four minute question. <laughs> like, for example, um, um, Scott, who's been playing bass with me, he's playing sort of like a six string bass, like a bass with two extra strings, like a baritone, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he, um, for the song Broken Telephone, um, I asked him to sort of do something with a little bit of movement in some of the parts that normally would have had like, the auto harp chords on the record. And he ended up playing this amazing sort of uh, spaghetti Western Twin Peaks line. Ooh, <laughs> it's really nice. cool. So yeah, stuff like that happens when you work with other people. And it's really, it's it's amazing. And those are things that I I never would have thought of myself. So that's the drawback of working by yourself on a record is that you don't get the those little... Um, moments of inspiration and beautiful touches that other people bring to it but like trip hop yeah like yeah. trip hop exactly <laughs> but you know we can do it in the live show so <laughs> or in the remix <laughs> it'll be one of those alternate mixes that surfaces like 10 years from now when they're doing the repackaging and i guess by that time all the music was just going to be beamed into our heads but uh you know the special edition of uh whatever microchip that is uh will be really nice to hear uh trip hop merganzer uh is there should we should we listen to a song now from the album because i feel like we've been talking for about 35 minutes and there (laughs) there might be people who have no idea uh i'm being very optimistic here and that there are people who've been listening to this podcast and have not heard any of your music but have just been (laughs) along for the ride uh so is there is there a track from the album uh that you think sort of would exemplify a lot of different themes that you were going for and a lot of different uh, textures brought forward and a lot of different... Is there is there one that stands out to you? One or two or something? Um, well, you were speaking of Vitava earlier. Yeah. About the drummer and everything like that. That yeah. kind of was bringing you different... Uh, something you weren't expecting to do.
gonna get back to the podcast in just a second. Uh, but normally this is a point in time where we would throw up some advertisements. Uh, but we're a new podcast, so we don't have any advertisers yet. Uh, so I'm just gonna tell you that uh, the other day I had one of the knockoff uh, Mars bars from the Dollarama. They're called Meteors. Uh, they were 50 cents for two. And, uh, I wouldn't recommend them, but, uh, I didn't feel awful after eating it. Uh, so consider them a sponsor of the show this week. And also, uh, just, I'd like to give a big old shout out to people who write poetry on the internet, uh, about Ayn Rand. And if you haven't done it yet, I encourage you all to start doing it. It's uh, it's one of those things that you know only the Tumblr kids are into, but it's gonna it's gonna blow up like two years from now, and everybody's gonna have it. They're gonna have like uh, their man buns slowly falling out of their heads, and then they're gonna have their Ayn Rand poetry. So it's best to get on this ship now uh, and just be ahead of that curve. So uh, yeah, I guess it was more of a PSA than anything. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's get back to the show. So you've been saying you were something about remixes like is there any tracks that you're doing or you have done right now that you would love to remix into something else or um no i haven't i haven't really thought about it but like, are actually you satisfied with your music or <laughs> do you feel it can be more i don't know i think yeah there's things i'd want to change but i guess i wasn't really thinking in terms of remixes but i was talking with someone yesterday do you know Quen- quende uh mimetic yeah 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 he yeah. was talking about remixing something, so That's I've cool. never done that before. But I think he's a great really artist. Cool. Yeah, I have yeah. his album somewhere in this stack behind me. But yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. wonderful. He's so. a really good DJ. Yeah, so that'd be really cool. But any I particular think, track you wanted to like work on? Or no, I have no idea. I think I'm done thinking about these these songs. <laughs> yeah, <I can laughs> in recorded that. form. <laughs> I think I drove myself crazy already doing just doing the mixes, and now. Yeah, now I can't think about it anymore. Now I just have to focus on doing live. That's mostly what I think about is how to do it live. What I was going to ask next is like, what is next for you? Like, I I know you have a festival coming up, uh, coming up, I think, a few months from now. Um, You've you've got the the Megaphone Festival coming up. Um, What are your goals for 2016? Like, what do you want to happen next? Not like what's your New Year's resolution or any shit like that, but like where do you see yourself going within the next year? Like, or what do you hope to happen at the very the home from this podcast? Mm. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm playing two really nice festivals in February, the yeah. Megaphono and Wavelength in Toronto. Wavelength, that's the other one I was Yeah, thinking. and um, beyond that, I don't really have any plans. I'm starting to apply to festivals, so mm-hmm. I think I'd really just like to do some fe- some some nice festivals, maybe a few more nice shows. But I, I would love to go to Europe. I would love to go and do a small tour there. But um, I'm doing everything independently. So it's it's a lot of work. And um, yeah, so I'm trying to sort of figure out what I actually want. And what's that like after you put the finishing touches on the album, you've sent it away to get pressed. And all of a sudden now you have to like just you have to go back and revisit everything and figure out like what was yeah. I thinking? What what was the best part of what I was doing? What can I put into the press release? Like what Do you ever have that <laughs> oh shit, I should have done this moment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um that is something that I had to think about for sure. Um and 
it's not something you think about when you make music is how do you tie it all together? How do you make it press worthy? And like, what is the story? Like you have to figure it kind of go back and figure it out after. And um, yeah, it's, and it's not a nice feeling because then you have to like, you really have to market yourself, which I don't really like doing. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not nice. It's nice to make the music, but then you're kind of forced into doing all that other stuff because once you make it, you know, you spend so much time on it, you have to do something with it. So yeah. You have to summarize, you know, uh, how you got to this point and then what this means to you and blah, blah, blah. And like, you have to make sure that there's no nuance to any of these releases or like mm-hmm. press releases. Yeah. Uh, just to get something which is like a, a very nice, subdued, subtle. Like, there's a lot of different themes. There's a lot of different emotions going on in this thing. And to just try and sum it up in a, uh, hey, please, please link to my SoundCloud on your blog. Uh, it, it seems like it would just, it, it would kind of kill you if you had to. <laughs> yeah. Never want to do it by myself again. <laughs> Next time I would, I would hire someone to do it all. Because, yeah, it's just not not nice. Do you see yourself wanting to work with anyone else in the future? I mean, uh, obviously you don't want to probably like continue just, just solo, but like you've worked with some pretty big names in the past. Like, mm-hmm. is there anyone that's on the wish list? Like, oh, I would love to work with <laughs> David Bowie, God rest his soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Anybody uh, <laughs> like that? I mean, I mean, anybody. I mean, you've worked with many names so far. Is there anyone that you like just would love mm. to work with? Or I don't know. I guess I've never really had a wish list of people. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I think like I think in general though, I'm really tired of touring. Like I did it so intensely mm. for so long that yeah, I'm you not. were saying for like eight years now. Yeah, yeah, it's probably about five time. years full time and a few years before that part time. So, yeah, so I think like I'm not really, you know, <laughs> I'm not searching for the next big act to take me out on the road because <laughs> no, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's what I want to do. But I think I'm more interested in like not not just being a string player, but collaborating more with people, right. having a little, being involved in projects where I have some more creative say yeah um and actually one thing i really want to do that i've been doing a little bit of is collaborating with people who aren't musicians all right i'm really interested in collaborating with visual artists and maybe doing something for film someday and when i was I um see that yeah it's it's when i was living on toronto island doing this residency i collaborated with a visual artist um for this performance piece and it was really interesting. And we're, we're applying to do something together again um, for a festival. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in getting um, getting a foot into the other other worlds of art and media. And yeah, so that's sort of that's my goal for 2016. I think it's a great goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's beautiful. Um, hey, I guess. Coming up on just about an hour. 47 minutes. 47 minutes. Um, the one question that I'm going to ask all guests, and I know people listening to this will be like, oh, this is the first episode, blah, blah, I'm doing it in the future as well. Uh, so fuck you guys. Fuck you, especially Adam. Um, but it's one, it's it's essential to sort of get uh, any artist, like, to get inside their head, to get the what sort of character they are. Mika, uh, I have to ask you, uh, Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins? Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's that's the question. That's easy. Well, yeah, that's the right. What answer. What does that tell you about me? <laughs> oh, it tells you everything you need to know. 
<laughs> uh, that you're a real artist. <laughs> Anybody who comes on the show, and says still calls, I'm just Peter gonna, Gabriel. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. <laughs> All right, glad I passed the test. Yeah, didn't realize that was a test. <laughs> Were you on? Didn't Timber 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 and Feist uh, don't give up? Mm-hmm. Phil Collin, or sorry, Riley, <laughs> you failed the test. Scratch now. <laughs> uh, Peter Gabriel. I'll scratch yours. Yeah. Compilation. Uh, you guys collaborated on that for "Don't Give Up." Yes. Are That's, you on that recording? I am. God damn it! I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Feist said, can you play this? And I said, all right. You know I can. <laughs> How was that, though? That's, uh, it's, that's something for the resume. I guess so. I mean, it was very casual. It was just in this really tiny studio in Toronto. Yeah. And it was just like with Leslie and her producer. And yeah, that's what it was. She said, can you play this? And then her producer would say, oh, you mean this? And played on the piano. And then I would say yes, and That's then I played the on one. the violin. And then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was super casual. You wouldn't think like that was something for a Peter Gabriel record. It was yeah, very it's, that's amazing though. Small operation, yeah. <laughs> Riley's jealous. <But. laughs> I'm so jealous. You have no idea. Merganzer, uh playing yeah. megaphono, uh, February fourth, third, third with uh, Andy Schaff. I play with Andy Schaff too, actually. Uh, whereabouts is that happening? Um, St. Albans Church on uh, King Edward. In Ottawa, because it'll be going up uh, uh, to everybody. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to listen to it. Uh, I'd like to plug Megaphono in general, because I think it's a wonderful thing. Is that the... Great festival. Are the people running it also called Megaphono, or is it... Um, I think... I'm not sure. But it's run by uh, some people from Kelp. The, mm. the guy from Kelp Management, John Bartlett. And they're also the people who do the Ottawa um, Music Industry Coalition. So oh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all sort of the same people. But yeah, it's a really cool festival. And it's like um, they bring in all these booking agents and um, managers and promoters from other places just to watch Ottawa musicians. Oh. So it's kind of like a South by Southwest, but <laughs> but here. But here. <laughs> North by further north. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. This has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed having you here. No, I've enjoyed this too. Thanks so much. 